Good morning, Aspire listeners and community. First off, happy Thanksgiving. I am so thankful for all of you for tuning in each and every week for the past four plus years, but then also for all of the amazing work that you do every single day to serve your students, your colleagues, parents, and community. It is a true honor to be connected with you and to have you a part of my professional learning community. Today, we have an amazing guest, Kim Gamarose. As she dives into the world of social emotional learning. But before we dive into that conversation, I have a very special announcement. As many of you know, my wife Leslie and I are avid coffee drinkers. We absolutely love it. So for years, we've tried hundreds, literally hundreds of different roasts and brands, and we really never found anything we absolutely loved. One day, about six months ago, our friend Shannon just happened to drop by. She had an extra bag of coffee, fresh roasted, and she was like, this is the best coffee I've ever tasted. And we're like, okay, we'll see. So the next morning, Leslie and I did what we usually do, which is a slow pour um, for our coffee, and start to taste it. And it was funny because without saying any words, we just happened to look at each other, and we both knew that this was the best coffee we've ever tasted and we immediately got online and we ordered a subscription and this has been the exclusive coffee that we continue to drink which is papa rob's coffee and the exciting announcement is that papa rob's coffee is the official sponsor of the aspire to lead podcast i'm so excited about this partnership because of many different reasons one Rob is an amazing person and leader. His wife has been in education for over 20 years as a teacher and an administrator, and they have a true passion to serve those in their community, but then also in education. So I love that piece. They're a small family-run business here in North Texas, and they have a phenomenal product. Make sure you go to paparobscoffee.com. Check out all of the different things that they have. They've got subscriptions. They've got packages. They have a variety of different blends. Our favorite is the Espresso Papa Rob Special Blend. It's a dark roast. It's got such a wonderful flavor to it. It's smooth. But Rob's got a bunch of different blends from decaf to medium roast. There's a whole host of different options on his website, paparobscoffee.com. And then use Aspire15 for the coupon code to get 15% off of your order. And again, so excited for this partnership and just honored to have Papa Rob's as the official sponsor of the Aspire to Lead podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire to Lead, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. Kim, thank you so much for being on the Aspire to Lead podcast. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. <laughs> I enjoy you so much. And, you know, we're connected in so many different ways. And and we've kind of talked about this before I even push record. But I want to mention our good friend who we both got a wonderful opportunity to contribute to his book, which is fantastic. Lights, Camera, Teach by Kevin Butler. And it was an honor to be a part of that book. But now, like meeting you, being connected, like I feel like it's even a greater honor. Yes. Absolutely. I think just the best of the best. He is one incredible educator, but I just love reading those stories from everyone in there. It's just, it's so phenomenal. Kim, I won't be lying here. I was downright giddy to have you on the podcast. And my listeners know that social emotional learning is such a, a big piece of my life. It's something that I believe in, I speak on, and I love talking to other folks that are just as passionate. And I would definitely put you in that category. Before we dive in though, I would love to learn about your educational 
and leadership journey? Oh, gosh. I mean, how long we got? <laughs> as much as you need. Oh, my gosh. Well, my background is in psychology. I have a bachelor's in psychology. And I thought at the time after college, I was thinking, I don't want to go back. I don't want to. Oh, my gosh, I'm done. I'm tapped out. And I started teaching dance. Dance has my heart and my soul. And I was coaching a high school dance team at the time and teaching competitive dance. And I was like, okay, I got to get into this teaching business. This is, this is it. Get me with the children, get me with the teachers. Uh, I just love being in a school environment. So off back, I went to school, thought I was going to teach high school math. That was like my dream. And as soon as I started taking that test, that CSET test out in California, I thought, nope, <laughs> this is not going to happen. So of course, I mean, I ended up going back and switching to multiple subject thinking, okay, I got it. I got to stick to this somehow. I fell in love with the littles. I really, truly fell in love with those little people. And I started teaching first grade. I was terrified of little firsties. They were, I thought, absolutely not. But I just, I love them. So with that though, comes a lot of crazy and a lot of chaos Although with dance and psychology and work with behavior and everything, I did my best to get us through the year every single year. But I felt like year after year, there were more and more kiddos that were coming into my classroom with autism, with ADHD, with ADD, undiagnosed something or other. Like you're looking at them and you're thinking, I know something's going on. I don't know what to do. And how do I talk to families? And just year after year dealing with that, and then seeing those same kids go on to that next grade level and seeing kids now eloping out of the room and down the halls and teachers, um, you know, upset and crying. It just got to a point where I said, I have to do something. There's got to be a better way. And so I went to our speech pathologist at the time, who was a very dear friend of mine. And I said, what are you doing in your small groups? Because if these kids are getting pulled out to come and see you and work on skills, whatever these skills are, right? Like I'm not the speech pathologist. I don't know. There's got to be a way to bring that into my classroom. And so she handed me two things, really. It was a book about the zones of regulation and it was social thinking's We Thinkers curriculum. And I said, oh my gosh. I mean, I sat down that night and I went through those books. I was thinking, this is it. And from then, I mean, I just started bringing stuff into my classroom. It was the way we spoke to each other. It was checking in. It became like a systematic way of teaching. And I thought, well, I can do this. And if I can do this, my colleagues can do this. And so I ended up coaching my colleagues. That blew up. Fast forward a few years later, I started coaching teachers across my school district. Fast forward, then I was plucked out of the classroom and worked for uh, my school district at the time. Um, and I thought that was really my dream job. I thought I had made it. I'm, I'm working at my district office and I'm going to just take social emotional learning everywhere. And I mean, when I had started... SEL wasn't a thing. I just thought it was good teaching. I thought it was, this is just what we do to get by, to help all students, right? We need to teach these skills. We can't expect them. And then that school year started and then COVID hit. And I truly loved teaching and coaching teachers, getting in their rooms with them, like literally crawling on the ground, coaching them and working with the children. But with COVID, it just became, okay, now it's bigger than that. How do we support our families now? 
And then I ended up moving. So I was in Southern California and I moved to North of Dallas, Texas. And now truly I get to coach and teach teachers, administrators, and families all across the world. And it truly, this is my dream job. And you do a phenomenal job of that. And you are literally, I could throw a rock and hit your house <laughs> probably from where I'm at, <laughs> which is just crazy. Yeah. So welcome to Texas and so Thank glad you're here. And then, yeah, I want to talk about what you do because you are in classrooms all the time with schools, working with them, building systems with social emotional learning, which I absolutely love. And I don't know if you have had similar situations, but whenever I'm in a session working with teachers, there's always a certain percentage that the biggest question is, why? Why do I need to do this? Because as all educators, when we become teachers, we fall in love with the curriculum or the subject matter that we're teaching. And that is really our focus as far as the lesson plans and the objectives and learning outcomes, right? But when it comes to behavior, classroom management, social emotional learning, a lot of times that's not something that we have learned a great deal about. And then it's always, well, why do I need to do that? So when someone comes to you with that question, what is your response? I mean, my favorite quote is always, you know, SEL isn't one more thing on the plate because baby, it is the plate. I mean, that's honestly what I live and die for, truly. But I think it's a huge mindset shift for educators, for adults, truly. And really, we can't be expecting that kiddos just get it. They don't. Their brains are wired differently. And my favorite um, story that I always teach them is, you know, when you think about your grandparents, your great grandparents, when they grew up, right, and they played with blocks and those blocks were trains and ambulances and they moved those blocks around and they made the sounds and they're using their hands to play, and then fast forward and our parents, you know, their toys were similar. Fast forward again to us, uh, it changed a little bit, but then with technology, it really changed. And so now those ambulance cars, I mean, they transformed from blocks to then like the little plastic ambulance or whatever it is, fire truck. And you, you press the button and it made the noise and it went on its own. Right. So then we're taking away the hand motion. We're taking away the voice and everything, that imagination, all of that. And then now I always look at teachers I'm like, and now what is it? You guys, all these babies being born. What is it? What's the ambulance now? And they all look at me and they're like, it's the screen. It's the tablet. And I'm like, yes, it is. Now they're watching it. They're pressing a button and they're watching everything. They don't even need to make the sound. They don't need to press a button. It's just like, boom, they're watching it on YouTube. And so when I look at them and say, is technology ever going to go away? And their answer is no, it's not. Well, then what are we going to do about it? Right? We really have to meet them where they're at. These skills are lagging. Or what I tell them is it's lacking completely. They don't have the skills. So what are we going to do to support them? Because you, as the teacher, your job is to teach, right? And you can't do your job unless they have the skills so that you can do it. And they're like, okay, Kim, I guess I'll listen to you, right? I mean, that's my favorite. I love it. And I'm thinking of like virtual reality, like as the next step or AI and all this other stuff that our kids are going to be exposed to very, very soon, if not already, which is, you know. What is the effect of that? So yes, the world that we live in is far different than even when me and you were growing yep. up. So I think the next step then is, okay, so they understand the why, right? 
-hmm. I don't have enough time in my class though. I have so many things to do. Like how do I implement a social emotional learning when I have all these things on my plate, right? So what would you say to that piece? Someone had said something, it just resonated with me so much. It said, when teachers have systems, they jump into them. And I was like, yeah, I can't run my day without systems. As a mom, we I have systems in this house, right? Um, and in our classrooms, we 100% live through systems. How do they come in the door? How do they put away their folders? How do they pick up their materials? How do they come to the carpet? It's all the things. And if you don't have systems, it feels like chaos. And I always ask them, how do you want to feel? How do you want to feel in your job? I don't want to feel chaotic. I want to feel calm. I want to feel happy. And so if social emotional learning is in systems, how's that going to make you feel? And they all go, okay, all right, sister, <laughs> I got your number. <laughs> and I think that is huge. I think when they, again, that mindset, that shift from, it's not a time of day, you guys. It isn't an SEL activity. It doesn't come from an SEL lesson. Your counselor doesn't come in and stay for 20 minutes and then leave the classroom. It has to happen all day long. It's what you're doing, what you're breathing by. It's the words that you're saying. That's social emotional learning. Okay, let's expand on that for a bit because I think there's several misconceptions that are brought up quite often. I think you touched on one of them, which is like, oh, I have a set 20 minutes or a class period or whatnot to mm -hmm. only do social emotional learning time versus mm -hmm. it being implemented throughout the day. So what are some other misconceptions that you see through your time with your teachers in your schools? Well, I think what I teach them truly, I mean, what I love to talk about is there's like five things, you guys, there's five things that you can do in your day that's going to start addressing the social emotional needs of everyone. And the first one really is a morning greeting. Are you greeting your kids at the door, right? Are you getting down at their level and saying good morning and really touching in right with how they're feeling? Um, the next one is a morning meeting. And morning meeting, I mean, here we go again. I feel like, oh my, how long we got here. Um, a morning meeting is not just like a word of the day or a cute picture or would you rather? And that's what we do, right? It's really being intentional. Um, and I get my teachers to really think about what is going on in the day? What's driving you crazy? What part of your day is lining up? I just had a, a teacher client this morning, her and I were talking and she said, man, PE was crazy last week. And the kids came in today, this morning, and they said in their feelings check and that they were feeling worried about PE. And she said, so you know what I did? And I said, what? And she said, I was very intentional with my morning meeting time. And we set goals for ourselves, And we said, what are you going to do today during PE? How, how do you want to feel? And what can you do? So if we're talking like that to kids during a morning meeting, oh, that's, that changes everything. Do you have a calm space in your classroom? And it's not just like a cute little fun spot, right? It's do you need it? And how do we use it? What does that look like? What does that sound like? What does your body need? What does your brain need to support yourself? It's really teaching kids um, how to figure out what's going on in their body and what they need to do in order to cope and support themselves throughout the day. Are we adding in mindfulness? I mean, when I have kiddos moving around the classroom, it can feel chaotic at times. And when they come down to the carpet, I need to take a breath. And guess what? 
so do they, right? It isn't, again, mindfulness is not just, oh my gosh. I mean, it isn't putting on the yoga video and doing a whole long thing. I mean, if that's you, I always tell my teachers too, you do you. If that's you, oh, please, I embrace that baby. But really it's just taking a breath. And then that last one, that fifth one is a feelings check-in, some sort of feelings check-in. Are you a teacher that loves Google Forms? Then great. Are you a teacher that doesn't want to look at data? Then don't, right? It could be as simple as walking in the door and tapping um, an image on how you feel and also a strategy or tool that you're going to use to support yourself throughout the day. I want to touch on some of the feelings check-in and something I saw on Instagram, I believe, your mood meter. Yeah. Well, not mine. Wow. (laughs) What's a mood meter? What is a part of that feelings check-in? Well, I mean, really zones of regulation. That was the first thing that I saw that I thought, okay, I can do this, right? We can talk about the four zones and it's going to be great for kids. They're going to really be able to identify. And then we're going to create a classroom toolbox of strategies and tools they can use to support themselves. And as I started working with more and more educators, especially your third, fourth, fifth, all the way up through 12th grade teachers, they kind of would like lean back in their chairs and be like, well, Kim, I mean, the zones, uh, you know. And so I, when, as soon as I saw um, Mark Brackett's work and permission to feel and saw him in person speak, I thought, okay, well, that's where you take them. That's the next step. It's talking about your level of pleasantness and your level of energy and hello, fifth grade teachers, you teach graphing on X and Y axis. axis so like it's, it's a win-win for everyone. And really, I think the most important thing is just diving deeper into it, getting more granular with um, identifying how you feel. And then really it is reflecting about the tools and strategies that you have to support yourself. Do they work for you? Are they working? And if not, that's not a tool in your toolbox. We got to figure out what's really going to support you. And I think as the adult too, we need to be focusing on that, right? It's not just for the kids. It's us too. If taking a deep breath, is not going to work for you? Then what do you need to do? Do you need to take a walk? Go ahead and take a walk. Yeah. If you're teaching strategies, you better be prepared to model them. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I know with the implementation of these systems, one of the major things is how you communicate those expectations in the systems. So what are teachers able to do to make sure that it's going to go off and that everyone understands the systems based on common language? I mean, my favorite thing really is talking about the social emotional chain reaction. And it's really about how your behaviors, whether expected or unexpected, affect the thoughts and feelings of the people around you, which affects how they're going to treat you or how they're going to react towards you. And then that is going to affect how you feel about yourself. And so if we can have continuous conversations about that over and over again, about, you know, they do something amazing that's expected and you feel happy and excited as a teacher and the people around you feel happy and you're going to get, you know, PBS rewards points and table points and marbles in the jar. And then how are you going to feel? You're going to feel amazing. And the flip side of that too, is when you show something that's unexpected, right? It makes people feel uncomfortable. Me as your teacher, I might feel frustrated. The people around you might feel annoyed, right? And they might not want to play with you out, I don't know, at recess. They might not invite you to the birthday party. I might use a mean teacher voice. And if that happens to you, how are you going to feel? And I think it's all about how do you want to feel at school, right? If, and when you, just, I mean, kindergartners, ask the kindergartners, how do you want to feel at school? Happy. Yes. Excited. Yes. Proud. Yes. And absolutely 
as a teacher, I want to feel that way too. I want to feel happy. I want to feel excited at school, right? So again, if we're talking about that and that's our common language about what's happening throughout the day, I mean, that's a game changer right there. So with all of these tactics and skills, it seems like teachers need to be extremely intentional to make sure that this is something that is going to be productive for their classroom culture and for the skills for their kids. And I know you have like kind of this mentality that you teach on. So I really would love to to dive into that. Yes. I knew where you're going to go with that. I love it. So I had heard from a coach of mine, she had said um, this thing about bison. And I was like, bison, like the animal? Are you kidding? And she said, yes. She said, Kim, the thing about bison and cattle in a storm is so crazy. And I was like, okay, well, tell me. And she said, you know, in a storm, your cattle are terrified. They run away from that storm. They see the lightning, they hear the thunder, and they run away from it. They're terrified of it. They don't know what to do. So they're scared. And the bison are totally different. The bison are fearless. The bison run into the storm. And I thought, oh man, I've been a bison all my life, right? Truly. So many storms, so many terrible, horrible, no good, very bad days, and so many failures, right? And instead of running away, I ran into that storm time after time. And so I thought, okay, well, what can I, I mean, I love a good acronym. Like what could I possibly come up with? So bison to me and to my coaching community and my teachers and my schools and my districts that I work with is, stands for B, intentional, so others notice. Because when you are intentional with how you parent or how you're a friend or how you teach or how you lead, right? When you're intentional, other people notice. They come to you and go, wow, it feels different in here, right? Um, I mean, I just had one of my teachers the other day. She said, Kim, you'll never for, you'll never guess like who came through my door um, and said, oh my gosh, you're an amazing teacher. I was like, oh my God, who? Was it a parent? Had it been a parent? She said, no. It's the custodian. He was there late night and he just walked in. He heard me talking to my, um, to my family. She held like a zoom family night, right? Cause that's one of the things I talked to them about is no, it comes from you. This social emotional learning stuff. It comes from you. You talk to your families. They want to hear it from you. They're not going to say, thank you for teaching my kid how to read the word. And no, they're going to say, thank you so much. My, my house feels different. This custodian was walking by and came up to her at the end and said, oh my gosh, you're amazing. And I said, that's the bison. That's the bison, baby. Other people sure are noticing. So there's an additional resource with this also, correct? What no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe you're you're currently writing a book. Is this true? All right. All right. It's true. It's true. I decided it's been in my blood for a long time. However, it didn't become super clear until recently. I just said, I've got to get this out. So yes, it's just um, in the works. It's all the things. It truly is that bison mentality. It is teaching like a bison and leading like a bison and parenting like a bison, because those are the people that I work with. I work with the teachers. I work with the administrators, right? I work with the district leaders and I work with the families. And if we can all be intentional, the world is going to be a better place. 100%. And I love the imagery of of the bison. Uh, I've never heard that before, but I, I just absolutely love it because I can 
picture so many leaders that I've witnessed mm-hmm. instead of running away from adversity, going headfirst into it to make sure that they're taking care of those who they're serving. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. Absolutely love it. I cannot wait for your book, by the way. So I, I might be pushing people out so I could be first in line to get it once it comes out. <laughs> I also want to talk about some of the other projects and, and resources that you have available because you are a wonderful resource that I want my audience to make sure that they're tapped into. So let's talk about your coaching community. So will you share yeah. with them what that's about and how they can be connected to that? Of course. So on my website, celebrategoodtimes.com with an S E L, right? Um, I have uh, if you're a teacher, if you're an administrator who's like, just give me the good stuff or just give me like a roadmap. Um, that's on there. That's my heart hero teaching. Um, it goes month by month as in what system can I possibly bring into my classroom? What language can I be speaking? What are some anchor charts that I can use like for my, my morning meetings? Um, which is great, but then there's more. I mean, I know what there's educators out there who are like, but I need you <laughs> hold my hand. Um, I need Kim in my back pocket always. And so I do have a coaching community, um, my teaching inside out coaching community. They are educators from across the United States who are like-minded and heart-centered, just incredible educators. And it spans, I mean, all ages and all years of teaching. One of my um, teachers just said to me the other day, she's like, Kim, I guess you can teach an old dog new tricks. And I thought, mm-hmm, yeah, you got it, sister. Um it's really, really incredible. And that's really changed and transformed into even more things. I'm going to do a a live event out in Southern California in April. I'm so excited just to be back in my, my home space in Orange County, just to have educators just give them the good stuff. I think we just want a good, like no funny business. Just give me the good stuff. And I want to sip some champagne while I'm doing it. So we're going to sip and celebrate. And really, if there's more, everyone wants more, then I'm also planning a retreat. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Cabo in the I like summertime. This is, I know. this is excellent. I know. Because I mean, honestly, I feel like everyone talks about self-care, yep. right? What are you going to do? What are you going to do to take care of yourself? Mm-hmm. And teachers don't want to hear it. Like, stop, just stop. It's bugging me. That whole thing, it just like irks them. And so I feel like to feel truly seen, to feel truly supported you need to have a like-minded community and you've got to have fun. You have to. And so I feel like, I mean, I want to have more fun in my business. I don't know about you, but I need to have more fun and I'm going to travel with them and we're going to learn and celebrate and just love on each other. That's what we need right now. Couldn't agree with you more. And very excited for that, both in Southern California, beautiful yes. area. And then also, I mean, good night retreat in Mexico. Doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> So make sure that you're making those connections with Kim and looking at those events because that's going to be powerful. And then also the book when it comes out. And then Kim, I'm going to I'm gonna circle back to leadership for a second because I know that's that's been in your background also. So I have two questions for you. First one, what is a piece of advice you wish you would have listened to? Oh, man. Well, I love the don't take no for an answer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like I live by that. 
I've had so many doors shut in front of my face. And I feel like, again, that bison, like, oh, she's in there and she's not going anywhere. So I think also, you know, I work with schools and school districts all over the place. And when I meet with an administrator or a director of education and they're like, okay, let's just talk about SEL. What can you do? And I talk about, you know, it's me. I'm getting down and dirty in there. You're getting, you're getting all of this and everything else. And I feel like to some administrators, they get it and they're my people. And they're like, oh yes, game on, let's go. And for others, they're, they want a quick fix. And I think when that no happens, right. Cause it does happen and they'd rather go another direction. Um, I have to continue to tell myself it wasn't meant to be right. Um, Anyway, so yeah, don't take no for an answer, but also it wasn't meant to be too. So for aspiring or current leaders in the world of SEL, if there's something they can do tomorrow or next week to start this process, I know a lot of folks, they realize this is a need on their campus, but sometimes they freeze because they don't even know where to start because it seems like it's such a large topic and large project to start this implementation process. So if they're to to even begin, where, where would you advise them to go? Well, number one, validate your teachers because they're working their buns off. And I feel like um, you're not going to get anywhere until you tell them that they're doing an amazing job. So that's number one. And then I think number two is uh, you've got to create some sort of easy roadmap for them to follow. Right. And I always tell my, my district leaders too, it's gotta be pretty. Because educators, I'm not going to click on anything if it isn't pretty, right? I'm not going to print anything out. I'm not going to do anything unless it's pretty. And the pretty goes a long way. Um, So again, validate for sure. And then create some sort of roadmap for them um, that includes things that they've already been trained in. If they've already been trained in whatever it is, zones, let's just say, or something like that, include that on there. Don't give them something new just because, Right somehow put it into that framework or that roadmap for them so that they don't think that it was a big old waste of time because time is everything to a teacher. Time is everything. And this is a slow process. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I think that's another misconception. Like you were talking about earlier, you know, the quick fix does not exist in the world of social emotional learning. All right, Kim, I want my community to connect with you as soon as possible. So how can they connect with you on social media? So on Instagram, I'm always on Instagram at celebrate good times with an SEL and also on my website, same thing, um, celebrate good times.com. I'm, I just love connecting with my community. You know, I know that I'm not for everyone. However, my people are my people for life. Awesome. Well, we'll have all of those links in the show note and click on that. Kim does a fantastic job, not only with her support to school districts, but I, I love your Instagram page. And your website's gorgeous. I mean, you talk about the visuals. I mean, you've got it. So (laughs) it's wonderful. Kim, you are amazing educator, an amazing support system to so many educators across the country. I'm so excited to see what you're doing. And of course, uh, like I said, I'll be the first in line for your book. Make sure I share that out as soon as it's published. And I am just so honored that you would join me today on Aspire to Lead. Thank you so much for having me.